Just a castaway, I am lost at sea, oh, loneliness, there's no one here but me and Tom Parry, oh. That's beautiful, Matt. Thank you for serenading me. It's helping me get through this uh, isolation on our little island in the sun. Yeah, well, I mean, we tore down the shack to build a raft, which seemed like a very good idea at the time. However, our lack of... Our lack of tools to build said raft. Bit of an oversight on our part. Yes. Yeah, so we've been sleeping rough. It's okay. We have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, though, because we've been drying out some coconuts to make some string, and we found some bamboo. We've got some things that could help us be buoyant. Yes. But, Tom, I found something else in the surf today. Oh, not another games Look console washed up on the uh, Yeah, Tom shore. Barry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What Would you believe it? this time? I don't know. Some console manufacturing ship exporting things from Japan must have gone over off the seas or something. Because I found a Master System 2, Tom. Oh, wow. It must be a, a retro um, supplier. It must have. Who knows, Tom? It's wonderful news, isn't it? Um, Master System 2? Yes, one... that is a bit of a problem, that, though, isn't there? You know, that only has an aerial connection, does it not? It, yeah, Tom, it does. And uh, we don't have an aerial lead. No. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Oh dear, you know what would help us getting through this palaver would be playing some math system. But uh It would. Yeah, some might say that would be just what the doctor had ordered. However, um the the Master System two we have in this fictional universe, and indeed the one I have in my possession right now, apparently doesn't have a bloody aerial lead. So I I've spent the last I spent an hour yesterday traipsing through yeah. my attic. I still have Tom Parry, would you believe, from when I moved out of the original Tom and Matt shack, mm. not the, the fictional one in which this podcast now takes place, but the real one, it's getting the, co- the hearth that we complicated, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, you once gave me some smashing advice, and that was taking all my cables, putting them in rubbish bags, and writing the names of the consoles on the rubbish bags. Oh. So... Some of those still exist. (laughs) Yeah, you did. It was a very genius idea, and I applaud you for it. And it was something I did when I moved out of the old apartment. Hmm. However, uh, our our cat likes eating bags. Oh, dear. And generally speaking, that has meant that any bag that was in the attic of consoles I don't play too often um, meant the bags got nibbled. So I ended up throwing out the bags and just throwing the cables. Oh, now you don't know what's what. And now I don't know what's what, which means, A, I need to sort them again, but B, I've realised today while going through said attic, A, how many Super Nintendos I have, four, B... How did you... um, Well, before you move on, how did you wind up with four Super Nintendos? (laughs) Right. um, So one of them is an NTSC Super Nintendo. That one doesn't need explanation. I bought that way back. Um, Then I have the one that I came to Denmark with that died if you remember and it you know i i had it i brought it over i made the classic mistake of putting the console in my check-in luggage it came over the sound didn't work 
still played through all of Link to the Past with no sound, but then essentially the Super Nintendo just upped and did one eventually. Then I was sent another one by a friend back home who was like, hey, I have a Super Nintendo, don't worry. All right. And then I picked one up in a flea market. Because so, you had to. Yeah. Well, no, it's because if you remember way, way back when I could still get stuff in Danish flea markets, I got a Super Nintendo with a load of box Super Nintendo games for about 40 quid. And so it seemed wrong to leave the Super Nintendo. Mm. Yeah. No, that, that's so, I, get that. I get that. Yeah, so, I, so I've got four Super Nintendos. Despite that, all of them, miraculously, somehow, seem to have aux cables. I have some at some point in time replaced my Super Nintendo cables with aux cables. It's an auxiliary cable when you refer to that. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. Which is you have to explain that to me because I'm I'm not I'm not up on that one. It's the isn't that what you I have I been calling this cable wrong the entire time? Is it an auxiliary cable just the one with the three inputs of red? Oh, I I always call that an A V cable. It might be an A V cable. But then all the cables are technically AV cables, aren't they, I suppose? Because they're all sort of audio-visual cables. Yeah. Um, you, 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 okay. you, you, you could be right. Um, but yeah, okay, I know exactly anyway, what you're talking about, though. <laughs> one of them cables that you get on like more modern consoles, like the PS2 and stuff. You, you, you will so often somehow... plug them into a SCART block if that's the only connection you've got on your TV. Or, yeah, or, or yes. whack them in the front. Yeah. Yeah, and ironically, I was like, okay, this is fine. I've got an NES. The NES definitely came with one, mm. but no, Tom. No. The NES I bought here, I'd forgotten, came with a bloody SCART cable. Yeah. Which, you know, is the preferential yeah. way to play an NES, not the preferential yes. way when I want to plug in my Master System. Well, you don't have any options also... with the Master System, do you? Unless you get it modded, I suppose. Uh... Yeah. Um, the Master System 1, however, that, has um, SCART out. I know. I know, Tom. <laughs> and also, the Master System 1 is the the superior console, in my opinion. I oh, love the, the, the card Master System slot 1. As well. I, I mean, I have a certain nostalgia for the 2, because that's the one I had growing up. I think it's quite cute. But uh, the 1, I guess, would be the classic version of the Master System. I, like, I love the 1. I love that, like, yeah. the little... Long. You know, almost tape player esque <laughs> red panel at the front of it. I think yeah, it looks yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out I also don't have a Master System controller, but I remembered that. I was like, okay, but Mega Drive controllers yes, were that's and, fine. Yeah, probably better. All in all. Ah, I mean, yeah. you know, I do I did see the little arcade controller yesterday and I thought about it and I was like, No, I don't need to invest in a, a a controller, it's fine. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should have bought one of those or asked if they it's had a regular Master Matt, System. interesting, you're one. getting into Master System because you've never been the biggest fan of Mega Drive. No, I haven't. And to be honest with you, if you remember, my first impressions of the Master System weren't that great either. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I really like the version of R-Type. I think the version of Darius for the Master System is good. Like, yes. the shmups in general are pretty solid, even though they don't run as smoothly as some of the nes ones because the console isn't that fast um darius is called uh sagaya Sagaya, yes which is the japanese name of darius um so there's that i mean i i like alex kid i mean you have shown me that dragon's trap and wonder boy monster world are both fantastic games Mm. that's quite true 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, I like some of the Game Gear Sega games, and then they were ported to the Master System, and then you could play them on a proper tally, so that's all right. Yeah. It's just never something I dip my toe into, because the... a lot of the more, the non-Sega titles I've played on Master Systems over the years, yeah. other than perhaps some licensed Disney stuff, which has generally been all right, oh, has yeah, not been yeah. that much um, Castle of Illusion is very good, and as is um, Donald Duck, Lucky Dime Caper. Um, yeah, it's also a good one. Yeah, so I I was there and I was like, okay, I I wanna. Right, let me backtrack. The reason I've been digging through my attic for mm-hmm. Master System and the Master System cables after putting it in my attic two years ago when I moved in, having not played this Master System for about three years, I think it was yeah. in my home setup originally in the old apartment, and then I took it down was Way uh, that I went yesterday, Tom Parry, um, said retro retailer that I visited before, Epic Panda, uh, had reopened. Um, not properly, still bankruptcy, but essentially what they'd done was they'd got all of their stock from all of their stores, the three oh, they had, right, and taken it all to Aarhus. Oh. And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go have a look. This and sounds very exciting. I wish I, I I could have been there. Yeah, so I went up on... I I wanted to go up on Friday, but obviously work commitments and some personal stuff aside, that wasn't an option. And so I was like, well, all the good Game Boy stuff is probably going to be gone. Is it worth going? I should go have a look anyway, just to be on... Just to be sure, just to put my mind at ease mm-hmm. that... I didn't miss out on anything yeah. because even though we've talked about this a couple of times, even though there's not really that many games for other systems I I want anymore. I'm at that point where I can count the number of Super Nintendo games I wanted on one hand. There's That's nothing a, really that I needed. I remember you said NES. this before. It's a nice position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is always... The mind of you going to a retro shop or going to a flea market is like, oh, is this going to be the time I'm going to run across that thing? Mm. And so I went there and I entered and the Super Nintendo cabinet that was full of stuff where ActRaiser was lonely sitting last time was now full. And when I say full, I mean of like really, really good games, despite this being the second day of the sale. But that was exciting to witness. Oh, did it come over all funny? (laughs) <laughs> Tom, when was the? I mean, before this crisis, when was the last time you walked into a retro game shop mm. and there was a cabinet facing you, full of things like the Final Fantasy games, Secret mm. of Mana, Illusion of Time, like all of these big standout JRPGs? Yeah, I, I've I've generally. been in one in in Nottingham years ago now, where I got your copy of Grandia. Three and, Three and Extreme. extreme. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the last time I think I experienced that sort of thing. Um, yeah, but it all depends on the prices, doesn't it? It does. It does because I mean, are they obtainable? As we know, you know, ob- prices in this place generally are quite high usually. But I mean, Scandinavian game collecting generally is so like yeah. it's priced to the market, not towards the international market. Mm-hmm. Though to be fair to the guy, when I I looked at something in that Super Nintendo cabinet. He said, I will have a look how much it's selling for rather than giving me the price on the box. And so I, I finally, after 
almost 15, 16 years of looking for a relatively decently priced copy, finally managed to get the first Lufia game for the Super Nintendo. Lufia? And what kind of game is Lufia? It's an RPG, is it? Action RPG? Lufia is a JRPG by Neverland. It's not an action RPG, though, is it? It is a turn-based role-playing game. It has an incredible story. I think people who don't know the game may know it is it starts the first the opening of the game is essentially a final boss battle. Oh, it's like uh, Wonder Boy in the Dragon's Trap. Yes, a little bit. But or Castlevania is... Symphony of the Night. Yeah, kind of a bit of Symphony of the Night, but this is again yeah, it's very reminiscent of Symphony of the Night yeah, actually okay. because you are you're a character of four, you're all powered up, you're fighting this final boss. And, you know, it, it is challenging because it's a final boss and it has multiple forms. But you beat this final boss and it's like, oh, no, you've banished me, da 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 And then it cuts to 100 years later and this guy, much like Dracula in Symphony of the Night, um, has started to regain his power and you as the descendants of the the, the warriors that defeated this evil yeah. then need to form together. Lufia 2, interestingly enough is then the story of the first game culminating in that boss fight, oh, which is a cool that's... idea. But I've had Lufia 2. It's a prequel. Uh, Rise of the Lufia 2 is a prequel. For... Yes, yeah. exactly. Or technically, the first game is a sequel to the second, which, uh, whichever way you want to look at it. Okay. But I I love those games. Neverland is a studio that produces really great stuff. Other than the Lufia games, their most prominent game series that people will probably know is Rune Factory. Hmm. Which I've is heard the of Harvest that. Moon JRPG. Yeah. Unfortunately, they they shut their doors in I think 2017. But Rune Factory Four is coming out now under Marvelous, who hired a lot of their staff, and I think they're also making Rune Factory Five. So mm. you know, swings around about. Yeah. I realised also that Square Enix owns Lufia now, and it's like, well, Square Enix owns all of the all of the amazing old school e- uh, Enix games. Mm. So like uh, Terra Enigma and Illusion mm. of Time, Soul Blazer, Actraiser, and they also own Lufia, and they also own all of the good Square JRPGs. I'm like, why do you just do like a Super Nintendo JRPG? Wow, that's quite a portfolio. Please. Yeah, yeah. Combine them, or maybe there's some rules about combining franchises into one collection. Why though? I mean, uh, like, well, these do that studios with arcade can... collections and stuff all the time. These studios can be very particular. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just yeah, do Yeah, but the, yeah, it's a good point. The... You've got Mega Drive compilations of all sorts of different games, haven't you? So. Yeah, but so I, I, I was like, I'm okay. Super Nintendo. So, yeah, so got Lufia. I was like, great. Got Lufia. And I looked at the the Kallax, the the Ikea furniture where mm, they usually have their things of games in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, actually, there's not that much new Game Boy stuff here. There's not really anything exciting for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Oh, okay. I'll just get Lufia. I'm happy with that, like I said. Other than perhaps Earthbound and Mega Man X 2 and 3, there aren't really any games for the Super Nintendo. But that's not all you bought, was it, Matthew? That's not all you bought, because I've seen those pictures on Twitter. You went went a little bit crazy. Um, Well, well, Tom Parry... um, I turned around to my left and I realised that there were just multiple, multiple cardboard boxes on the floor. And generally Mm. speaking, 
when I when I went to the first sale, there were those cardboard boxes were filled with board games. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'll have a look. I'll see if there's any board games here that are worth picking up. Because you do like a, a good fl- board game. I do, yeah. I mean, I, that's mainly what I picked up last time. So I flicked the box open. And lo and behold, Tom, it was a massive delivery box full of Super Nintendo cartridges. Oh, Just like a box like full to the brim of Super Nintendo cartridges. It was like, hang on, are all of these are all of these boxes video games and lo and behold tom they were um and so i I went for a bit of a rummage i it got to the point where i looked through the the game boy games which were in a massive massive carrier bag and i was like i just i can't i just can't process how much stuff is here yeah yeah i know that feeling just ended up kind of skimming off a few things that were that were very cheap and like things that I've been curious about, like uh, Tron 2.0 Killer App. Oh, um, I picked on the, up the on the Game Boy. On the Game Boy, okay, Advance. yeah, yeah. I know on the Game Xbox Advance, yeah. one, but uh, um, yeah. I ended up grabbing just like a few things that were like they were ten kroner, but the Game yeah. Boy stuff was half price. So I can like, see them here and X Men. up the. Yeah, X Men: Age of Apocalypse. I got poker? Um, a poker game. There was a Sea World game. I was like, okay, well, this is just like filler stuff that I don't have for the Game Boy Advance. It's really cheap at prices I was willing to pay for like crap Game Boy Advance stuff. Hmm. Got those. Then I looked a bit further, and I was like, oh, great, there's box stuff in here as well. Um, and there's some box Game Boy things. I got uh, WWF King of the Ring, yep. which was the only boxed Game Boy wrestling game I didn't have. Because somehow I've managed to accrue those, even though I don't collect box games. And that was a fiver, so it's like, okay. Um, oh, that's not a bad price. Is that complete so, with uh, manual or not? Yeah, complete with manual and innards and everything. Yeah. Um, I got uh, Boy and His Blob 2, which is a game I quite like. I have a lot of nostalgia for the first one box for cheap. And I was just going through it and I was like, oh, wow, this is this would be relatively nicely priced anyway, let alone yeah. with this discount. So I just started throwing stuff the in. Original Game in. Boy. Those two, yeah. yeah uh, some Game Boy Advance things. I see um, Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors, a game I'm quite familiar with. Yeah, I played that a lot because uh, that was much well. better for me than any other portable Dragon Ball game at the time. Uh, at least as a fighting game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah. It, to be honest with you, it's one that, despite me seeing Dragon Ball Z games everywhere, like they are dime a dozen over here because Dragon Ball was massive in Denmark. I've never seen that one. Yeah, and it was boxed. And I, I, they still. I played still that a, a lot. New copy yeah. I think I got that new. If you might I, have. if I recall, I think I got that when it came out. Wow, it makes you feel yeah, old. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I grabbed that, and yeah, and then there was a few bits in the cabinet. They had a copy of Final Fantasy V for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Oh yeah. Which, oh, good, apart, good game. Aside like from five. being you know, an like amazing five. game. Uh, is kind of hard to get hold of now mm-hmm. because a it demands quite a high price. Yeah. B there's a ton of fakes out there. The same way there's with any Pokemon game. I or any think I have a fake of five. You do. I remember you buying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Final Fantasy V as well. I'll take yeah. that. It's not a game I see very often. Then I went into the back and realised, oh god, there are more boxes. There was literally piles of PS1. Piles of NES. Too much. Piles, 
just honestly the I went there with the impression the thing of just going in looking at Game Boy stuff and getting out again because I didn't expect there to be much we went late in the day and everything mm. I was like oh my god there's way too much stuff here then it's like, what, what do you get out of what you've got to decide yeah. what you want to prioritize there, uh, what you want to spend your, your cash on? Because you yeah, could just so go like, I, really crazy. I had made a maybe pile, essentially. Like, yeah. it was what I was walking around with with these Game Boy Advance games and everything else. Did you have like, a basket? Okay. Did you have a basket, Matt? Or do you have to hold them in I your did, hands? I, I ended oh. up having to get, like, um, there was a cardboard box that you know would like would have held a oh, console. Oh there you go. If you're filling the cardboard box up with stuff, yeah. Yeah, I was filling the cardboard <laughs> box with stuff. I, it's not a deep one. Like it was, you know, like a tray that you get right, in, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Mega Drive would have sat in in a okay. box or something. Yeah. Just something to balance the stuff on. And I was there. <laughs> I was like, oh god, there's a copy of Gargoyles Quest, uh, Gargoyles Quest Two for the NES. Oh. oh look at that. There's Star Tropics. Oh look at that. Actraiser Two. And I was just like. Oh god! Like, where do I draw the line here? What do I get? So instead, you bought a load and of math then, system games. <laughs> yeah, listen. So i i opened I opened a case, and there was master system games that weren't priced, and they they were very interesting titles, like master system titles I don't usually see. No. And Power I Strike. Asked how much? Th- oh. I spoilt it. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, you haven't, because I don't think you've seen the thing in there, Tom. Was Power Strike um, 2's on top of Power Strike? Well, did it, it was Tom. it Power Strike 2 inside the Power Strike 1 box? No. No, I have both Power Strikes. Yeah, because Power Strike's become quite a collectible game, hasn't it, nowadays? It has. Yeah. Um, yeah, and essentially, I, I ended up working out a deal for a lot of Master System stuff, mm. including both Power Strikes and Lufia and all of this other great stuff for a, a, yeah. a very reasonable price. Yeah, and because I, Power Strike I, I 2 like, oh is uh, like, around the £100 a mark A game nowadays. I would never buy. Yeah. With a manual, a game it, would... it's around about 100 quid. Yeah, a game I would never buy, I think, unless it were at a very good price. I don't know how um, it's that much because when I bought it, it was like thirty quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? I think its reputation as being one of the best games on the mass system, the fact that it's by Compile, the mm. fact that it's a well, very, less. very competent shoot 'em up, like. Yeah. It's and just Power Strike Two just it. demands even higher prices. Yeah, but there, I, to be fair, I'm only looking at box copies here, but. Because carts don't show up too often. Because um, yeah. it is something I've been aware of for a long time. Mm. Power Strike Two is held up there with like it is a great item for the mass system, but also people just love that game. It is just an incredible, incredible game, oh. and it's one I've long been curious about. And yes. when I picked up the mass system, I started looking at shmups on the system. Yeah, and even then. Power Strike 2 was very expensive and was like, well, no, I'm not going to go there. Even though it's just a handful of games, I think there's like 10 altogether, I didn't get them. But, you know, I looked at I looked at stuff that was there. There was some interesting box art like Cyber Shinobi and Cyborg Hunter. I picked up Thunderblade and I picked up um, Kensiden because I, I've heard good things about that game anyway. And yeah. Fantasy Zone and Aztec Adventure. 
and there were a lot more stuff there. They were they were games that I would have grabbed usually, but I was like, okay, I'll I'll see how much these games are. And then I'll probably put, end up putting a load back. But to be honest with you, the price I got them at, which I shan't say, I was just like, man, I'm yeah, I'm taking these for this. Like, I was yeah. super happy. Like, I I haven't. I went a bit nuts. I could have definitely gone a bit more nuts and bought. You had some restraint though. Like, well, well done. Well, you did. You they have, have any to, of right? these games, right? Okay, because I can I can take some good ones I've got. That, uh, yeah. Did they have Batman Returns? They did. That's good. Good game. Uh, did they have Dick Tracy? One of my favourites. They did not have Dick Tracy. Oh. I would have picked that up because I yeah. played it for the biographic. Mm. Galvelius. I don't know what that is. Do you know no, that? That's a I bit like Zelda. Yeah. Oh yeah, that game. No, I didn't pick that up, but I will add it to my list of Master System games to look for. That's a, that's a good one. I like James Pond too. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, you can get on Mega Drive or whatever. Lemmings, uh, yeah. good on Master. They didn't system. have Lemmings. Uh, oh, Master of Darkness is always is, that's very much like Castlevania. Yeah, with uh, I can with see that. with vampires and and such. Um, Ninja Gaiden, not bad. Moonwalker, not bad. I saw Ninja uh, Gaiden, but I didn't pick it up because I know it's the same as the Game Gear version. No, uh, oh yes, yes, it's the same as the Game Gear version. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and uh, oh yes, all the Sonic games I always enjoy. Yeah. No, Tasmania on yeah, the Mass so System like, is the best were... version of Tasmania, as well. There you go. I remember playing that game when I was a kid and quite enjoying it. Actually, that's yeah. what, I think one of the few Mass System games I remember enjoying. It's a bit unique as well that one compared to the other versions yeah. of the game but yeah yeah so I, I i kind of accidentally walked into having a small mass system collection which is something i didn't expect and to be honest with you i don't know if i will keep all of this stuff power strike 2 is going nowhere by the way because i've played that game on emulation before and i know how good it is so i can't wait to actually play it on my mass system let's hope it works i did i can find an aerial lead yes. no it does it powers on so i'm hoping it still plays fine because it was it was in good nick when i got it and if not i'll just i'll probably buy mass system one because <laughs> why not well i i think they're um, reasonably i've not gone shopping for them lately but i think they're reasonably affordable yeah, but I mean, there's there's been mass system games I've picked up and like enjoyed recently. Things like Laser Ghost and oh, Laser Ghost. I like Laser Ghost. I think Laser Ghost is a pretty good game. I didn't. I I wasn't that sold on it when I played it. I quite liked it. Okay. Um, I thought it was pretty quirky and pretty unique. Mm. I mean, there's good versions of Bubble Bobble on the mass system. Mm. Violence not supposed to be bad. Double Dragon. It's kind of opened my eyes. Yeah, Double Dragon. Like mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna perhaps take a look. I'm gonna take a stroll down Mass System Collector Lane and see what's there. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm gonna get a full set or anything ridiculous like that. It doesn't mean, to be honest with you, that I'll even keep all of the games I bought you because I don't know if they're any good. I just bought them because, let's be honest, Tom Parry, Cyber Ninja has perhaps got the best box art. Cyber in the world. Shinobi, yeah. Um, Cyber Shinobi. Cyber Shinobi. I've never played it. I've got the original Shinobi. It's a good one, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let us know what that's like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's all right because it's a Sega game. Like, but yeah, I'm gonna gonna get the Master System out. Gonna give some stuff a play, and yeah, I'll let you know what I think of these games. Hmm. But believe it or not, Tom, 
I'm playing anything this week because of said problems with said mass system. Okay, uh, Cyber Shinobi criticised for its lack of content and easy difficulty. Forty-six uh, percent and compared it unfavourably to the mass system version of the original Shinobi. <laughs> I like easy games, though, Tom. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't mind easy games. That's. Yeah. I mentioned to someone yesterday that I liked Sonic Chaos, yes. and they're like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, he's, he's... "That game's amazing. What's wrong with you?" First, first game I ever completed, probably. <laughs> One of the few games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, if if listeners have mass system recommendations um, and have listened to this podcast a while and kind of know what I'm into... Mm, you I like shooters yes, I know, and RPGs. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know there's an Ease game. I know yes. there's Fantasy Star. Of course, Fantasy Star. But they're also star, quite expensive. One, uh, Golden Axe Warrior as well. Star. Yeah, I hear that's really good too. Mm. It's kind of like Zelda as well, right? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Well, I know of it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna gonna dip my toes in the old mass system and see if there's anything there I like. Hmm. Have you have fun with that? Uh, I, I obviously I'm very fond of mass system. It being the first console I ever had. Yeah. Yep. Great stuff. What have Matt. you been playing, um, Tom Parry? What have I been playing? So I'm playing a bit of. Oh, this is why I can't remember. Is it called Gear Club for the Switch? I think it is called. I don't Gear know. Club. That sounds like a car game, though. Sounds What's... like that could is something that could exist. Uh, Gear Club Unlimited for the Switch is a fairly uh, by the numbers arcade style racer. I would say it's from arcade style, uh, but then does have some elements of uh, Forza, where you have like a um, a driving line on the track. Right. It's somewhere between being arcade and simulation, but it's uh, yeah, it's pretty fine it's pretty well done it's got nice visuals the cars handle well uh you can upgrade the cars you have some licensed cars in there as well nissan chevrolet i think to name just two bmw i think this, also this looks really nice for a switch game yes it I was mean, an not earlier to say one that, not to say that there aren't nice looking games on the switch but i mean so, it looks good. I've had my eye on this for ages, but it was always so expensive. Now it came down to £5 or just under. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. And I heard that the sequel didn't have such great reviews. I'm not sure why exactly. But uh, considering the, the sequel was twice... Even better. Yeah, considering the sequel was twice the price, I thought, well, I'll just get the original, considering it was so well reviewed at the time. Um, yeah. So I'd say if you like driving games, then uh, do pick that up at that price. You can't really go wrong with it. It's it's solidly made. Uh, cool. It has a bit of loading. Mm, a bit yeah. of loading, slightly longer loading times than, than one would like, but uh, visually nice, handles well. Good good challenge. Yeah, okay. It's an expanded Sorry. version of an iOS Android mobile game called Gear Club. Hmm. So you see the kind of... Why it's so simplistic, I suppose, in its presentation. Um, yeah. I'm talking about menus here and stuff. I say the in-game graphics are pretty nice. But, uh, yep, I've been playing that. And I've also been playing Agony. Have you heard of Agony? No. So I Agony mean, is a game I... set in hell. Okay. And it's not meant to be that great, but it was £1.50 or something. And the visuals alone tempted me to give it a give it a go. So this game yeah. chugs along on Switch. I think it's probably a lot more competent on the other systems, but um, its frame rate dips to next to nothing in a couple of places. 
um, which makes it a little difficult to play. Uh, it's also very, a little vague. You can kind of wander off and get lost quite easily. Um, totally trail off from where the objective lies. Also, you can't invert the aim on it, I don't think. So I had to get used to going, looking up. Cause it's first person. So up for up and yeah. down for down. Can you believe it? I, I couldn't. Yes, Tom, I can believe it. You mean how games should be played? Yes, yeah, well, I can understand. I, I actually, in this game, I, I, I got used to it. But what's so um, interesting is the visuals, the depiction of hell. If you ever wanted a hell simulator, then I think this uh, ticks your box. If you ever wanted to experience the feeling of being in hell, um, then... Yeah, I because can... it, right now, that's something I really want. <laughs> yeah, but maybe this is why the game was so cheap. Maybe because this Switch port is ropey. And it's not something everyone wants to play. One of the first things you do is uh, rip the heart out of a man writhing on on a on a on a cross um, with his willy out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, wow. so it's the first that... time I've seen a a three D rendered penis on a Nintendo console. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, they should win an award for that, surely. <laughs> wow. Okay. Atmosphere so is great. Much. Atmosphere is great. Gameplay feels a little bit meandering and a little bit awkward. Um, but I don't know. I played for a little while, exploring the world. Kind of, I can imagine it could be quite scary if something was, if there's going to be some sort of real threat. Right now, it's just been strange noises and accidentally getting burnt by fire occasionally or falling down a hole, uh, which happens okay. quite often. Especially, yeah, I can imagine when the frame rate uh, stutters so much, it's quite difficult to know where you are. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not something I can definitely recommend but it is interesting because i've never seen a game tackle this so full on i guess doom would be the next uh, obvious point yeah but uh, it's not like doom it's more more about exploring as opposed to no. combat at least at least at the, at the moment but i uh, yeah i've heard it's a bit of a, an awkward ropey game but yeah it does have a certain vision about I it i will save my explorations of hell for <laughs> Hades when that originally eventually gets released on consoles. Hades? Supergiant game. Yeah. Supergiant made a game, but it was only on Epic Store, and I think mm. it's now on Steam, but mm. it's not yet to be ported to consoles, much to okay. my dismay. Um, yeah, I, I can't say you should all rush out and uh, play Agony. I also picked up Night Trap for £2 something. I bought, like, Toki Tori 1 and 2 for, like nothing mm. they were less than a pound each i think okay and so i, I had to grab yes. those i saw them i was like oh my god i love talkie tory so just reading up on uh the adults only unrated patch for pc for agony was dropped due to legal issues oh yes some controversy surrounding this game okay uh generally unfavorable reviews uh, specifically criticised the game's overuse of gore, state environments are simultaneously too busy and extremely boring, turn things up to 11 and stay there, and it's just as dull as staying at 1, as well as uh, unforgiving stealth mechanics. It was ranked as the second worst game of 2018. Wow. I can't even find a, a review score for the Switch version. Be the first, Tom. Review it. It was, kick- it. It was Kickstarter-backed. Uh, Okay. Yeah. There you go. I'll move on. Move on. Uh, what else have I played? I played a little bit of uh, WrestleMania 21 on the original Xbox, which 
Right. For all I'd heard about that, I heard it actually wasn't that good, which uh, directly uh, contradicted the cover where it had a 9 out of 10 review from XBM magazine, I think. But okay. as far as wrestling games go, it's pretty accessible. It's very easy to pick up and play. Um, every, all the buttons that you know, A is grapple, hold down A for strong grapple, X is punch, yeah. Y is run. Um, yeah, it, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, even though it's the diff- easiest difficulty setting, though, it's quite difficult. I was playing Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. I was playing Shawn Michaels, the sexy boy. Um, and uh, yeah, striking visuals are striking. It just goes to show how ahead of the PS2 the original Xbox was. This is probably one of the the best looking uh, original Xbox games. Yeah. Quite quite possibly. And definitely the best-looking wrestling game on that, that particular console. Maybe things are a little bit too shiny, but uh, otherwise the animation is really slick and uh, you definitely get a feel for the wrestlers. Okay. Great sort of facial um, uh, work on their faces. What am I going to Facial likenesses is, I think, what I was trying to say. Yes. There. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Um but yeah, it, it was quite difficult um, to get anywhere with it, and and the running didn't feel very free. So if you're running in one direction, you run either on a diagonal or a straight, and it feel didn't feel very. Because uh... if you compare it with SmackDown, SmackDown's very fast. All those games yeah. on the PS2 were quite fast paced and arcadey. This lies somewhere sort of in the middle. Uh, if you find it cheap enough and you like wrestling games, it doesn't seem like a bad wrestling game to me. One thing that did confound me somewhat though was the fact that there's no. Uh, Korea mode, even though it's on the main menu, it's greyed out. And oh, just a little yeah. note in the bottom corner of the screen saying you're not connected to Xbox Live. And I'm like, what Korea mode requires you to be connected to Xbox Live? Weird. Uh, I don't know. So all I could do was exhibition, really. Which... There must be a way around that, man. There must be some kind of like mod or something. Do you unlock do. it? I don't know. Do you unlock Korea mode? I'm not 100%. I I'm going to have to look it. into it. I, I went to the um, manual, but unfortunately, because this was a second-hand copy, it had a Dave Mira freestyle BMX, BMX um, manual in the box, <laughs> as opposed really? to... Uh, yeah, I think because they got confused, because on the back of the manual, it has a picture of... Uh, what's that game that Clay made? Legend, oh, the WWE game with the Hulk on the front, made by a client. Yeah, Legends. Yeah, yeah. Legend, Legends of Wrestling, right. So that was on the back of the booklet, so I guess there was just some sort of, uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I've yeah. just been dipping out of um, a few things really this week. I played a bit of Crash 3 last night in a live stream. Uh, I like Crash 3, uh, Crash Bandicoot 3, this is. Uh, this yeah. was on the part of the Insane Trilogy collection. And I actually got somewhere with it. I beat uh, Dingo Dial, a boss I'd been struggling with uh, prior to picking it up again. So I rather enjoyed playing that. Always I find the levels where you're running towards the camera super difficult because you obviously can't see those obstacles yeah. that are right in front of you and you only have a few seconds to react. Yeah. So it is a game you just have to learn and play over and over and over. I died way too many yeah. times on those polar bear levels in Crash 2 when I was a Yes, kid. yep, yep. Crash 2 was the first one I went to when I started playing that collection. I do like Crash 2 a lot. I like um, Crash 2. Mm, I don't know if it's my favourite or not. I'm, I'm more a player of Crash 3. I'm, I'm very fond of that one. But uh, I think I've got a lot of nostalgia for Crash 2. That's probably yeah. why I like it so much. Mm. But of course, that's that's a good collection. Keeps you going, definitely, with the game's difficulty. I think it's their games aren't necessarily that long, but what's there... You know, it's going to take you a few attempts to um, 
to do the levels. Yeah. So yeah, very casual gaming, not unlike myself, Matthew. You know me, I pick up something for an hour or so and then uh, move on to the next thing. I completed... Oh, I nearly completed Sonic 3. Oh my god, you almost beat a game. Wow. Yeah, but the problem is on Sonic 3, if you spend too long on the last stage of the game and then you try and do the boss, the timer is prone to running out before you have time to actually beat Eggman at the end. And that's the situation I got myself in. Only one life. Save point I used because of the Xbox 360 Sega Vintage Collection version. So I had a save game right in front of the last boss with only one life and no continues and a timer that was pretty much on eight minutes by the time I was getting to the boss. So two minutes to beat the boss was not enough. No, that's a shame. Uh, And I I also find with Sonic 3, as much as I like that game, it's it's there to frustrate you in its level design. Uh, Springs hidden in walls, uh, enemy placements in the most infuriating of places um a friend i was talking to actually was telling me that it's a game that kind of makes you jump when you shouldn't jump it tricks you into jumping in certain places in the game that actually put you in more trouble than than you should be basically sounds Um, like my experience of like later sonic mania yeah i get what you mean three is the template for sonic mania really if if any if Sonic Mania took from any game in its level design, it would certainly be three Sonic and Knuckles, that mm-hmm. that side of things, because the levels yeah. are more sprawling. You go back on yourself, you're up, you go down. It's not as straightforward as something like Sonic 1 2. For me, I love kind of how straightforward Sonic 2 is. It kind of gets there, like Metropolis. Is it Metropolis Zone near the end? Kind of has a more sprawling layout, but I don't know. Those games, to me, Sonic 2 especially, always felt fair. And Sonic 3 just feels cheap in places. However, it's got full of great ideas. I love how the levels change. Like the first act uh, is in, oh, what is it, Angel Island Zone. And then the second act, it sets on fire. So you have the same level, but you have yeah, a yeah. twist on it. The lights go out in Carnival Night Zone. There's an earthquake in Marble Garden Zone. And yeah, it's full of great ideas. And it's very playable. It's just yeah, maybe a no, little bit too frustrating at times and uh, I'm just goes, miffed I didn't complete it mm. oh well next time next time next time I've, I've had a good bit of practice on it so oh don't get me started on Hydro City oh dear yeah walls that push you uh, that squash you and giving you very minimal time to react yeah <sighs> but I'm sure I... our listeners have probably experienced Sonic 3 so they probably know what I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about a game which came out when ninety three or something. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. now. <laughs> I it would have been about that, right? Uh, ninety three. Let that's, me check. That's my guess. Ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. Ninety four. Because Sonic Two came out ninety two, did it not? I think so. Uh, yes, it came out in ninety two. That's my favourite Sonic Two all the way. Yeah. Do you have a favourite Sonic game, Matthew? Uh, I mean, uh, this is the thing, right? Like, I, other than liking Sonic Chaos, I mean, I like Sonic 2. I like Sonic and Knuckles. I, I think the one that made me get Sonic was Sonic Mania. So I, I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah. Mania, yeah, we have honestly. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that that's pretty much it. I keep remembering things that I've played, but uh, I think uh, I just played a lot of different things on and off in, a, in the past week. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the, you have weeks like that, don't you? Like, I mean, especially you. Like, I'll tend to play one game and stick to it, but you I tend know. to switch back. I to should it. really stick to it. I should dip into a proper adventure type game. And uh, I did play a bit of Sims yeah. 4 on the Mac. Okay. And I found it to be, because I was used to the console version, trying to get my head around using the mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So much so I bought a guidebook so I could know the keyboard shortcuts and, and such. And, wow. Uh, get the, the in-depth, you know, on the on the game. Fair. And did that work out for you? Uh, you got, I don't know. You... I've not really put more I've learned in practice yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Learning uh, the ins and outs of Sims 4 isn't my priority at the minute. I do have some Japanese homework I must <laughs> do. Ha-ha! Uh, watashi wa tomo desu, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Genki Deska. Oh, we've not gotten to that yet, but I, I, oh, I do okay. recognise that. That's uh, how are you? you oh can yeah. Just say Genki Des. Yeah. Ah, uh, do, do you know? In... You're not. You're Welsh, so you don't say that. The, the Japanese for English is Igarisu. Yeah. Igarisu Jin. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm learning. I can't say. I can say that because it also counts as British, but I oh, would yes. say Weruzu Jin this. Yeah, yeah, instead, yeah, 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 yeah. Welsh. And we were learning, you know, to say you're not from somewhere and you are from somewhere, and uh, yeah, yeah. So um, how do that's... you not? How do you say you're not English, Tom? I, c- I kind of remember now. Okay. I have to look at look um... up my notes again. To ask a yeah, let's not get into Japanese since <laughs> we podcast. Um, oh, it's yeah. just filling no, you I... in on my week and my priorities, there, Matthew. No, that's good. I oh. I got to level seven in Genki. Uh, for those of you who are interested in Japanese learning, mm. that's a, a kanji learning app. I'm almost at level eight of sixty, and that's going good because mm. now I I'm trying to in my spare time read through a manga that I was recommended for beginners called Yotsuba and. And I can now, at least, even though I don't really know what the sentence means, I can mm. see Kanji and go, okay, cool, so she's talking about seeing something. I will try and figure out what this means. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. Good. Yeah. Anohitawa. Um, Anohitawa. I think that's something to do with not. Hito is, is, is a person. Anohitawa. Is that person. Anyway, right now, sorry, we're talking about games. I've been um, mulling over something recently. um, And what sparked it was reading uh, some news of a rumour. A rumour that uh, Microsoft would undercut Sony on the price of their next console. Yeah, I've also seen this. Yeah, it got me thinking, well, which console is going to come on top this generation? Uh, Because it also reminded me of a conversation I had with uh, some friends about... How they neither of them had a PS3. They went from a PS2 owner to an Xbox 360, PS2 to an Xbox 360 owner, and how, yeah. of course, the Xbox 360 dominated that generation. I'm wondering if if Microsoft do come in with a cheaper price and undercut Sony, that we could see a similar thing happening this time. What would be your thoughts I mean, it, on that? It would be interesting, right? We talked yeah. about this a little bit before we podcasted. Like there has been a flip flop, obviously. Mm. You've got your first, your second gen, depending on where you were, like Sega and Nintendo were pretty even keel. Certain markets in Europe, the Master System was really popular. Certain markets, 
in like the US, the NES was completely. I, d- I don't think the Mega Drive was particularly popular in Japan, was it? Compared to the no. uh, Super Nintendo. But also, the Mega Drive was hugely popular in the US as the Genesis, mm. and also in areas of Britain. Again, the Super. Yeah. Ni- I would argue the Mega Drive was probably more popular in the UK for me than Super yes. Nintendo. Yes, and I'm sure the math system was more popular than the NES. Ah, uh, depends. Like I said, I, around where I lived, yeah. everyone had an NES. Yeah. But I know that isn't everyone's no. experience. D- certainly not mine, no. I mean, to be fair, though, like I said, I did play Tasmania. I do know people who had mass systems. It wasn't like they didn't mm. exist. Like It wasn't like the Atari Jaguar where I only found out about that much later on. Yeah. I think people but had mass the... systems who couldn't afford Mega Drives. If he saw them in the yeah, Argos catalogue and he said a mass system was this much, a Mega Drive was, was three times as much, then you'd, you'd probably get a mass system. I do also know a lot of people who were younger brothers who had mass systems and their older brothers would have Mega Drives. Same way I had an NES because it was a hand-me-down. Yeah. Where like the older brother would move on to someone else and then it would go that way. Yeah. Yeah, so those, there was it was less defined, but I, I would argue that when you get to the N64 era, like... There, things start to get ropey. The PlayStation starts to get dominance on the console market. Well, it, it happened with the... Uh, I think Sony undercut Sega on the price of the uh, Saturn, didn't they? Yeah, uh, but it also means Sony could do a lot more stuff with 3D than the Saturn could. And the Saturn was designed... We've talked about this a bit. Yeah, well. yeah, Saturn yeah. Of course, Saturn was designed as more console. of a 2D uh, powerhouse. But uh, its 3D capabilities were a little bit awkward how they were put together causing some yeah. difficulties whereas the PlayStation yeah had that going yeah. for it didn't so like, it and also PlayStation had piracy which meant yeah. Sony shifted a lot more PlayStations because people could easily everyone chip my in friend, their PlayStation I, I found I found a picture of my old video shop the one I used to go to when I was a kid the other day I said it to my mate from back home to be like oh remember these days and he goes yeah he goes going down to there he said renting a playstation one game bringing it home copying and taking it back and i was like i didn't do that but okay yeah that explains a lot <laughs> yeah yeah but sony had the dominance there uh, didn't they the the n64 was reasonably popular eventually but i think it was it probably was eclipsed by the success of the playstation yeah i mean it started there then you move into the ps2 era where I think a number of things happen. A, it comes out before the GameCube. B, a lot of big games came out within the first year or so of the PlayStation 2 being out. And also we had a DVD player. I think, yeah, the DVD player was huge. I think there was a certain amount of brand loyalty, but the DVD player, I think a lot of people saw the Dreamcast and thought, well, that's not a DVD player. And I know certain PlayStation magazines at the time were urging people to uh, wait for the PS2. I actually got a magazine from the time which was like, oh, don't go, give in and buy a Dreamcast. Just you wait for the PS2. It's kind of a DVD player. It's going to be better than the Dreamcast. Yeah, I'm, but I also remember reading like Cube magazine, which is a British GameCube magazine. It's yeah. like, oh, don't worry about the DVD player. Look, Luigi's Mansion, <laughs> uh, which is not as compelling an argument. But then no, no, a well. lot of people had them for the DVD players. And that was like the selling point. So Sony definitely on the upper hand in the PS2. I think it's still one of the most, if not, what is the most? It's one of the most successful consoles, isn't it? I had it written down somewhere, but. I mean, it, it definitely is one of the most successful consoles, but then next-gen happens, and this is where you start to see something interesting happening in the market that I think still continues today, is that obviously the Xbox came out then afterwards. I know people who had Xboxes. I played a ton of Halo 2, which is kind of what got me on board with getting the 360 when that came out. 
So like yeah. Microsoft was clearly yeah. behind everyone else, so much so that even though they got a lot of really cool Japanese developers to make games for Japan, no one cared about the Xbox. Some of those games Japan, were really no. everyone was on expensive. PS2, yeah. No. Then we reach the three sixty era. There's an amazing, amazing long form podcast by Polygon that kind of talks about essentially how Microsoft had had all of these meetings about how they were essentially thought they were going to fail that generation and that would be the last Xbox because they they done all of these like calculations and planned it all out and they were like okay Sony would have to make these mistakes for it for us to even have a shot in this generation because they yeah. knew that Nintendo was also working on something and they were like okay if we can beat them on price if we can beat them on how easy the console is for develop for and port to and then also if we can figure out a way to get a better online service and have a better online marketplace yeah, yeah. those things will be yeah these three things need to happen it needs to be a lot cheaper it needs to be a lot easier to develop for and we need to have a better online service. And, and it then was lo and behold, incredibly successful. Sony, Sony tries to launch a console for 600 quid. Um, With all the multimedia stuff, really. We sell yeah. in the, the Blu ray player, of course. They're like, oh, we'll do the PS2 thing, you know, stick a Blu ray player in there. Um, yep. But I don't know if people had really caught on to um, Blu-ray at that point. Well, I mean, they hadn't with DVD, right? And I mean, mm. Sony... I think Sony has a stake in Blu-ray. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Sony is... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that's why they could get one in. But and still, so... it meant that the console was extremely expensive. And and all those oh, other multimedia um, options that were part of the, part of the uh, PS3... With there, I remember the the um, sixty gig having loads of slots in the front for different kinds of memory cards and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't ask. Even if there would have been something massive on that console, even if they would have just been like, okay, we're launching with Final Fantasy thirteen. Hmm. I don't think I would have been able to ask my mum and dad for a six hundred quid console. No. I think they would have gone no way. And it was getting to the era where I could afford stuff. I bought my own Wii. Yeah. But like the concept of me saving up 600 quid when I was only earning like a tenner a week on a paper round and then like add a tenner pocket money it was, just was out not going to happen. Yeah. Out of reach for a lot of people, the, the PS3 was when it originally came out. And the yeah, Xbox so the beat th- it to the market, didn't it? They did. Yeah. Um, I mean... They they rushed, which is why well, this is why we have red the red rings yeah the red rings happened because they yeah. they didn't do all of the proper testing of the hardware and then it came out. So that happens. Three sixty is a massive success. I remember then it coming around to that time. I was like, oh well, of course I'm getting an Xbox One. Why wouldn't I? I've got all of these games for the three sixty. Mm. And then that media conference where they were like, uh. yeah, nothing. We're not going to let you... Uh, like, physical games are going to be locked to your console. Yeah. So, like, pre-owned games would be a thing of the past. It's all going to be about, like, TV integration. I was like, yeah, but I don't watch TV, so I don't care about that. And then they were like, yeah, nothing's going to be backwards compatible. Because you have all these new that. games. And then Sony literally just, like, did that famous E3 presentation. We're like, hey, this is how you swap games with someone on... Uh, on a PS4, yeah, and it's it's literally two people handing a PS4 game back and forth, and yeah. going like, "Here you go." Thanks. I feel like Microsoft really stuffed it up, didn't they, at the beginning? Yeah, they of did. Their launch of Xbox One. 
And they, they paid the price for that in this generation. They the did. PS4 is uh, still now the fourth uh, biggest selling console of all time. Xbox One sits at the bottom uh, currently. Yeah, but I mean, there's also an interesting thing we didn't talk about, right? Is that Nintendo clearly established themselves as the second console. Mm. It's like you would get an Xbox or a PS3 mm. and you would get whatever Nintendo put out. Mm. Much like you did with the Wii. The Wii U, not so much. And mm. everyone is now doing with the Switch. Like, the Switch is the second console to whatever the superior home one is. They've done well with that. I mean, there was that fumble with the Wii U, but uh, otherwise Nintendo's strategy has worked out for them. Uh, the, I mean, The DS is there. still the yeah. second biggest selling console of all time. Interestingly. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And everyone thought that was crazy at first, didn't they? <laughs> they did, me included, when yeah. I bought it and only had uh, Super Mario 64, a game I still didn't like, and uh, <laughs> Metroid Prime Hunters, and was like, why did I Why did I buy this? So, uh, why did I, I think why n- did I get this? Nintendo are just going to continue, and uh, n- there's not much scrutiny on the, the power of the Switch, is there? People accept the Switch no. for what it is, and they enjoy it, and whereas the big boys right now are competing for you know, uh, superiority over one another. So many triangles, Tom. So many triangles. I think it's just going to... Yeah, I know. I I think it's going to come down to price. I don't know. And not messing it up. Not messing up the the launch. I mean, Xbox have already come in leaps and bounds with their backwards compatibility um, for this next generation. I think the thing... Right. So there's a couple of things here, right? Like, first of all... Console design, I think, will factor into it for some people because, like, the aesthetics of something on shelf will. will yeah. Also, how awkwardly tall the um, Xbox Series X is. Where are you yes. going to put that? Behind my TV, I guess. I yeah, I guess. But I... a lot of people expect to be able to put it in one of them shelving units, don't they? Expect devices like that to be not tall, uh, long, yeah. thin. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that isn't to say that it can't redesign things. I mean, I, I'm all for people doing different things with it. I Let's like the design it of it, and I think it makes sense for the cooling yeah. of it as well. Um, but I haven't got any room for that. I ain't got any room for anything. No. Nowadays. So, the thing that really turned me off the Xbox One, other than that initial announcement and everything else was when I finally got one, I absolutely hated the user interface. Like, I still, yep, yep. I to this day, I think the Xbox One has the worst UI of any console I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's not great, compared to how direct it's the just, PS4's uh, interface is. Yeah. I just don't get it, man. Like, the blades on the 360 was super intuitive. And then when they, even when they upgraded that on the 360, I thought, oh, okay, this is a nice UI. They took it, they made it overly complicated, they try to make it too much like Windows 8. Yes. And yeah. it just, it doesn't work on a home console, you just want it to be quick and intuitive, you don't want, like, as as much as I'm not really a fan of the massive line on the PS4, you still understand the concept, you still go It all depends games. on how you store your games as well, I like to put mine in folders, so it makes that line shorter, and you know, you go yeah, into yeah. another another layer. Um 
yes, I, d I don't know if that's been a major factor in the success of PS4 over Xbox One, but for me, certainly, uh, if the consoles are so close in their capabilities, it does end up coming down to, oh, well, which user interface do you like better? Yeah. And I think in this uh, new generation, what's going to come down to, to me, is what's going to load faster. Because yeah, more so than fancy graphics, I think this next step is to eliminate these loading times as much as possible because they've always been a hindrance since what the PS1 and before. You know, yeah. the the direct accessibility of games through cartridge has always been preferable for me. Yeah. But um, if you can eliminate these uh, loading times, then that that'll be it. That'll be the selling point. I mean, and the PlayStation seems like it may do that right? they keep Solid promising it will i'm not sure in reality whether or not it's going to be that much faster to load I, than the xbox but we'll see they I say it will be experienced a solid state drive yeah. on a pc and how fast it is to transfer files compared to like a portable hard i think drive. they both have solid state drives it's just these the playstation 5 ones created slightly differently to uh yeah to, to give it the edge over the xbox one yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, right? And then also, I don't like Xbox trying to get into the Sony the Sony camp of like, hey, we're going to sell you these special memory card things, is hard drive upgrades. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I know much about that. Yeah, so essentially, like, the, the hard drives for the Xbox Series X mm -hmm. are, are special things. They are made from Microsoft to work with the X console. Right. And so they look kind of like memory card hard drives. So like oh, right. they're okay. going to be expensive. So like the Xbox way, 360 hard drives. Yes, exactly yeah. like that, Tom. Yeah. Which, you know, was great, but then I could just buy a PS3, stick any nice Seagate hard drive in it, and I was away to the races. Yeah. Anyways. That's another see. thing, I mean, though, isn't it? I don't want to have a million different external hard drives sticking out on the console again like I have now. No, I also just I also just would like to see what the launch lineups are like. I would like to see form factor. I would like to see controller life. There are, as you say, the diff the things that will make or break this console generation. I think are minor. I mm. do think one thing that Microsoft has this time around that they didn't before is their subscription service mm. okay. Game Pass. Yes, because I. I, I know a lot of people who own Xboxes still, like a lot of my friends are still on Xbox, and they love that service. You pay like a tenner a month and you can pretty much play everything. At the moment, you can play Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA 5 on there for free. Like, admittedly, mm. they're all games now, but they're well, all There's enough on there, enough on that you. service to keep you happy. Yeah, exactly. There's more games than you could ever play. Is, that, it, is it comparable to PlayStation Now, is it? Is it? Well, PlayStation Now is a streaming service. Like this, ah, just yes. lets you download, this just lets and you download play the, games the games at your leisure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. PlayStation has always so, been that like, you've got to buy your PS2 games again, haven't you, on PS4 if you want to play them. If you want to play yeah, Apescape, exactly. Apescape Two, for instance, oh, you have to rebuy that. Everybody's tennis. Exactly. Two. Everybody's tennis one. Yeah. Um, that's just a couple of examples, but um, there are quite a few of these PS2 games, which yeah, it would yeah. be nice if they were backwards compatible, but. No, not the case. Hey man, if they if they do go down that route, if they do go through the rumoured like, hey, everything we have ever put out on the PlayStation will be able to be emulated through this console. That's huge. But that they, haven't they been quoted saying that's not going to happen? They've said that that 
they have, but they have also been quoted saying that that's a possibility for the consoles. So let's see. I don't think they're going to do it because, let's be honest here, they didn't even bother with PS3 games to the PS4. But mm. I would still be a bit pissed off with that if my PS4 games, they've said a mass of the library will be available to play on the PS5. If Microsoft suddenly comes out and goes, yeah, cool, everything you bought for the Xbox One's playable, all the 360 stuff we managed to license in perpetuity, and all the Xbox stuff. Well, if you look I mean, at the history of Microsoft and their backwards compatibility, they have been quite good in making titles available. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what that, that brings. But... Uh, I do have the feeling that we're going to get an Xbox 360 situation here. If if the price is right, so. um, the Xbox could become the most popular console next generation. But we don't even count any in exclusives into this either. I don't know how much of a selling point that'll... Well, we're thinking of Sony now, God of War, The Last of Us. Horizon Zero Dawn's not even exclusive anymore, so... Well, I mean... Spider-Man, Spider-Man might be a huge exclusive for the I mean, PS5. well... Yeah, but it's also like looking at it right and going, okay, what Microsoft has just massively invested in a load of studios that could then provide exclusive games for their system. Mm. I mean, they what did what the hell is the name of the studio that put out? Um, oh, I can't. Outer Worlds. Yeah, the Obsidian. Is Obsidian. It? Yeah, like they bought Obsidian. They bought Ninja Theory. They bought like so many great studios mm. that are now presumably working on games for the Xbox One X or Series X. Mm. Are they just going to come out here and go, yeah, cool? Here's they all these the amazing games. <laughs> they did, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the Series X. The Series X, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, you raise a very but, good point there. If they've got that behind them, all those great developers producing stuff potentially exclusively for their console, then. I, they might put them ahead of what's in development for PS5. I don't know. We don't know what to expect exactly yet, do we, on PS5? From no, exclusives. but to be honest with you, like the thing that has always held me over with Sony consoles is you will always get Japanese developers developing for mm. that console over the Xbox One. Yeah, we had to wait for a while for Yakuza to be available on the Xbox One. Yeah, Sony but I mean... just. But maybe that's a sign of things to come. You know, with um, uh, Like a Dragon being a launch title for the new X, for, for Series X, and at least Sega there are, are certainly supporting uh, the Xbox. Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, there will be other Japanese developers. I think it's getting so expensive to develop a game now that I think third-party exclusives are becoming rarer and rarer. Yeah. But I would still, I'm still very curious to see the kind of support that, the PS, the PS5 will get compared to the Xbox One or Series X. God, it's, I keep saying that. It's, it's going to be fascinating what happens, and let's, let's just only time will tell who's going to come out on top of this next generation. But uh, yeah, Sony are miles ahead with their PS4 for this gen. So yeah, maybe it's time for Microsoft to uh, come back. Well, yeah, they no, need that, to that really, is... don't they? I think that it's pretty important. So. There's a lot high stakes for them. That's the flip-flop, isn't it? Like yeah. we said, it's been PlayStation, then Xbox, then PlayStation, potentially Xbox again. Who knows? Mm. And everyone and just honest, loves the Switch. I think, and I think that competition's good for the market. You know, I think yeah. that makes 
publishers and developers and everyone and hardware manufacturers make interesting choices. Because mm. if you had the case of like, okay, it is only the PlayStation again, do Microsoft make another console? And then are they ever competed? Is it just yeah. the expectation you will buy a PS6? If I'm glad they're thing. pushing each other. You know, there's not just one choice for um, a highly powered home console. Yeah, well, there needs to be, don't there? There need to be two people going at it. Because if it's a monopoly, what incentive does Sony have to make the PlayStation Six any better than the yeah, PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, 5? yeah. It's healthy, yeah, for um, for the for the user to get yes. the best possible console out of it. Nice, yeah. Good little chat, mate. Let's yeah. see. What do you think? Uh, let us know your thoughts on on the um, on the subject. Yeah, let us know at EMA Cast. Or to me at Game Boyle and Tom at Tom Parry Eleven. You can find the podcast though in a variety of places, such as on Facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on BlastProcess.com and Tom and Matt Attack.com forward slash podcast. We're also available to listen to in iTunes and Stitcher. While in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening if you leave a review. Okay, Tom. Marvelous. This has been lovely. Um We'll figure out something else for what we're going to do with the island with all the dried coconuts and everything else. And hopefully We've got to work that out, but next time you'll find out where we're at with that. But we'll, exactly. we're, survivor, we're survivors, aren't we, Matt? We're survivors. We'll, we'll get we through are, this. Exactly. And we'll sail off that island one day with all those consoles exactly. in hand. Uh, and if I, have to, if I have to make an aerial cable out of a coconut, I will. Mm. I'm resourceful. What can I say? Mm. Okay, I Tom, really don't want to leave pleasure, behind mate. that CDI. Sorry. Well, I think you should. I think you should just bury it so no one can find it. I think it would be doing a favour to everyone. Okay. Lovely chatting with you, mate, as always. And Me until too, next Matt. week, everybody out there, game on. Game on.